Truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Was Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Welcome, fellow fans, to United We Fan, the podcast. Uniting with me is my co-host, the captivating Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, everyone. How are you? Hopefully everyone's doing well. We hope you all enjoyed our first episode last week where we discussed Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. I know my spider senses were tingling, and hopefully so were yours. On this week's episode, we are discussing three films of the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Steven Spielberg. But first, thank you, CKCC Radio, for hosting us. Check them out, everyone, please. They are a podcast family with shows ranging from episode-by-episode reviews of The Simpsons, Disney animated movie rankings, music reviews of albums and songs, wrestling podcasts, and many others. You can listen to all of us on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple. And for all of you iHeartRadio fans, good news. Our commissioner, Chris, is currently working on us getting on there. So please stay tuned, and hopefully that works out. Let's see. Local news. As we mentioned last week, Brian does a Mount Rushmore where he asks his friends on Facebook to name their top four their Mount Rushmore. And his most recent one was... Video games you look back on most fondly. Brian, what did you have for your Mount Rushmore? So this this video game one specifically, I think a, a key qualifier was things you look back on fondly. Because this may not be the, the best four video games of all time, but it's kind of what reminds you of your childhood and growing up and all that kind of stuff. My personal Mount Rushmore of those video games is the original NBA Jam. Yes. Um, yeah. Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64, uh, Paperboy. For whatever reason, I love Paperboy. <laughs> Going down so and throwing, throwing newspapers through the window and all that kind of stuff. And then the original Nintendo, the power pad, the track and field, um, where you could rig the system where you could easily use your hands to, to run faster and be the <laughs> fastest possible person on the planet. I, I loved that game. And uh, Mark, we got a response from you on this particular uh on this yeah. particular Mount Rushmore, you threw some of your four in there. Yeah, I, I NBA Jam actually was on my original list, um, but then I went back. I thought about I know it's I know it was a computer game, but um, the Oregon Trail. I don't. There's I just no, there's nothing better than the original Oregon <sighs> Trail. I was so glad when you brought that up. I look back and I love it so much. There was another PC game called The Descent, and it was like a a spaceship one i look back on that one and i love it so much um the original teenage mutant ninja turtles i think it was on either the original nintendo or super nintendo i loved it so much it was like arcade glory um and then oh no what was my fourth one i think it was halo it was halo it was halo i i don't i just Halo for me, the first one I look back on and I love it so much. So NBA Jam, you got pushed out by Halo. I'm so sorry, but I hope it can understand. <laughs> so, Michael Jordan hold. If you watch The Last Dance, you'll learn Michael Jordan holds grudges. I don't know if he's ever gonna 
gonna get over that. But I will say, Halo got a lot less call out than I honestly expected. If yeah. this Mount Rushmore was video games you look back on and despise, it's that yeah. one for me because I was oh. just so bad at it. My yeah. friends would my friends would gang up on me. Um, yeah. But some of the some of the best comebacks or people that talked about on Facebook NFL blitz got a lot of call out, which is just NBA jam. Yes. Football field. And, yeah. Uh, Ninja turtles. Like you talked about turtles in time. Oh, and I want to give it. a shout, shout out to arcade one up. Um, they've got a turtles in time cabinet that you can, a three quarter size cabinet that they sell <laughs> at Walmart. And that game, uh, there is an NBA jam version coming out soon that is Wi-Fi enabled. So you can play with your friends too. Um, but I've got an arcade one-up of the Star Wars original trilogy, and those games are just a lot of fun. So if you really want to get a throwback in video game time, Turtles in Time for uh, from arcade one-up is a is a good place to start. Cool story, yeah, good stuff. And then um, yeah, on my Facebook, I did a poll a while ago asking people what their favorites, um, just to tie in with the topic, what their favorite Steven Spielberg movie was. And the top four winners in order were Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, Jaws, and E.T. And just to be a little bit of a tease, we could be talking about one of those movies, maybe none of those movies, who knows, on this podcast. But stay tuned. Brian, do you have a Mount Rushmore for uh, Spielberg films? As we're talking about this this topic of, of Spielberg films, it it's very obvious to me, Mark, and I'm sure it is to you as well. We are going to have to talk about Spielberg again at, at some point in time. Yeah, um, It's crazy to come up with a list of, of movies, uh, things like E.T., uh, Minority Report. I love Minority Report. Um, Schindler's List, um, it's probably one of the greatest films ever made. Um, but just for me personally... Uh, that's a tough watch. Um, so I don't put it on my personal Mount Rushmore of uh, of Spielberg films. My top four Spielberg films personally um, are Saving Private Ryan, um, Catch Me If You Can. Um, neither of those performed as well in your poll as I thought they might have. Um, <laughs> Indiana Jones, I have to I have to keep it to one. And I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably my favorite one there. And then Jurassic Park. Uh, those are my kind of top four Spielberg films personally. So just to show how human we all are, I actually made a boo-boo. I accidentally announced my Mount Rushmore for the poll results. So my Mount Rushmore um, is Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is actually my favorite movie of all time. Jurassic Park is on my Mount Rushmore. Jaws, which scared me from going into the ocean. And then E.T. Honorable mentions were um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I own the each the box set where it had um, all the different versions that Spielberg had for Close Encounters. I love Close Close Encounters. Ready Player One. I love that movie so much. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Good stuff. I'm still a little bitter that I didn't win Best Picture. Schindler's List. Love Schindler's List. Um, Can't go wrong with any of those. Um, But actually, my poll winners were um <clears throat> Jurassic Park won the poll. Hook came in second. Raiders of the Lost Ark came in third. ET came in fourth. So those were the actual poll result poll result winners. So my bad on getting those mixed up. Please don't hold that against me, MJ, if you're out there. So Brian, you ready to talk about Spielberg? 
I am. I know I am. I'm absolutely. Uh, I'm wearing a T Fury shirt to give them a shout out where they have different homages to different Spielberg films. So I'm ready for this. But let's find out a little bit more about Mr. Steven Spielberg. Oscar nominated for Raiders of Lost Ark, E.T., Lotus Encounters, The Color Purple, Schindler's List, which he won for and nominated many times over. Saving Private Ryan, he won for Best Director. Schindler's List, he won Best Director and Best Picture. He was nominated for Munich, Letters from Iwo Jima, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, and The Post. So the Oscar definitely, the Academy Awards definitely love Mr. Spielberg. So, and then for all you TV fans out there, I looked him up and he actually has a couple of shows that I forgot about or didn't even know about. Um, He was executive producer of Band of Brothers, Amazing Stories, Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, Sequest DSV, Smash. I know a lot of people, they just had a special recently. Freakazoid, Taken, Animaniacs. And the very long-running medical drama, ER. Just to name a few. Brian, any of those favorites of yours? I will say that if I go any longer without giving a shout-out to Freakazoid specifically, my (laughs) wife would be very upset. My wife is the biggest Freakazoid fan on the planet. Uh, I I didn't know that was really possible. She kind of kept that in, kept that to herself until we were full-blown married, but yeah, yeah, it uh, she she loves that one. He was also executive producer on the Men in Black movies. Yeah, um, Shrek as well. Like if you count executive producers, um, Pinky and the Brain. I think you talked about that one. It's just yep. this this man has changed the film industry from from what it used to be to what it is now. And we'll talk a lot more about that <laughs> later on. But he's incredible. And I mean, not to mention the guy also has theme park attractions based on his movies that's the level he's at um just to name a few you have the indiana jones adventure over at disneyland in california you have the indiana jones epic stunt spectacular here in orlando at disney's hollywood studios sadly the jaws ride is no longer with us here in orlando but it was it's still a classic and then over at universal you have the et adventure with the best smelling queue you'll ever be in And then you also have eight stories to drop in at Jurassic Park River Adventure. Brian, do you have any favorites in that list? Uh, Not only do I have a favorite from that list, my favorite Disney attraction or any attraction of all time is the Indiana Jones Adventure in Adventureland at Disneyland. I love that attraction more than any ride I've ever been on in my entire life. It puts you into one of the best movies of all time. I think you called Raiders your favorite movie of all time. Is that, did I hear that correctly? That is accurate. Okay. So it puts you right into the, I mean, it doesn't follow the Raiders storyline, but when it comes to, to attractions, the ET attraction at Universal here in Orlando, it's not the greatest attraction of all time, uh, but get out of here. It is, uh, it's not my favorite, but just the fact that you get on a little bicycle and go flying through through the whole movie it's just it's it's a it's a fun ride but to have that many attractions based on your own stuff and then the jurassic park it's probably got the best drop uh don't hate me splash mountain it's got the best drop (laughs) of any water ride out there so yeah um i will 
lower my head in shame. I haven't been to Disneyland yet, but when I do, the Indiana Jones Adventure Ride should be my first one. Um, my don't favorite. Let, don't let anybody tell you that Dinosaur at Animal Kingdom is the same thing. It is okay. not the same thing. <laughs> Good to know. Um, another fun fact: the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is actually my favorite Walt Disney World attraction. I can go see that anytime. I love it each and every time. I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Um, the Jaws ride, I miss it, but I understand the Wizarding World is a great replacement for it. I miss Jaws ride, but Jaws ride. But um, the ET Adventure, I just I'm so mad at you. I love the ET Adventure so much. <laughs> um, Jurassic Park. River Adventure was actually my first water drop ride. Um, and I, I didn't know it was eight stories. Um, and that was a fun little surprise there at the end. My photo looks like I'm praying. <laughs> <laughs> you probably were. That's probably what it is. Well, the good I, news for you is I think if rumors are true that that ET attraction can never close down. That was something Spielberg had negotiated ahead of time whether that's true or not or just theme park rumor but yeah uh, those those bicycles seem to be made to turn into a stranger things attraction but you never, you never know oh uh, well universal and mr spielberg if you're out there listening please keep et i'm begging you <laughs> um well now so what's going to happen is Brian and I are going to each spotlight a Spielberg movie that we really want to talk about. And then after we've done that, we're going to come together to unite to highlight a film that we just both are very much eagerly. We can't wait to talk about. So now, Brian, what Spielberg movie will you be spotlighting? When we started talking about doing this, um, I you look at his list of, and I, I was only looking at his list of directed movies. We could talk about a million different things. Uh, I wanted to first talk about Jurassic Park and then Indiana Jones. And I thought we're definitely here on United. We're fan. We fan. We're going to have to talk about Jurassic Park in its own episode and Indiana Jones in its own episode. <laughs> so I'm not going to spend the time, not going to spend the time doing that one, but the movie I wanted to talk about was in my Mount Rushmore is catch me if you can um, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. Um, before I start talking about that movie, Mark, what are your uh, general thoughts of Catch Me If You Can? Is that a movie you you enjoy as well? I would assume you do. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. I thought Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Christopher Walken, I thought they all gave really good performances. I think it, it was Spielberg, um, after having kind of like a, a serious time frame, did this movie and just had a lot of fun with it. So I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it went, it surprised me how well it did in my Spielberg poll. So I think a lot of people think very highly of it. Actually, I didn't know this until I looked it up on IMDb. Out of their top 250, did you know it's 196 out of their top I, 250? Yeah, I, we're not <laughs> alone in liking this movie. That I did not know that either. It, and it, I, mean, I really enjoy it. Here's the thing. I will just say the movie I'm going to talk about and then the movie we're going to come together to talk about, they're not on the top 250. So it, it goes to show that Catch Me If You Can is highly thought of. But So I'm glad you picked it. 
something interesting basing off of last week's episode when we talked about Spider-Man in 2002. Catch Me If You Can was also a holiday movie in 2002. Um, yep. And I remember this being kind of the first movie that didn't have any giant action-packed scenes or or a cartoon or anything like that that really caught my attention. Um, I, I remember thinking after I saw this movie and really enjoying it that I was an, an adult now. Um, and that's kind of <laughs> one of the things that I remember about Catch Me If You Can. But it just it sucks you in right from right from the get go. You I I am very fortunate. I am not a, a child of divorce, but a lot, a lot of people are. And that's the first 15 minutes of this movie is you see his relationship that he has with his that Frank has with his parents. Um, and then his he literally gets sat down by a lawyer and says, do you want to live with your mom or your dad? And that's what causes him to to run away. And and just the story, yeah. the storytelling in this movie was just fantastic um you've got a cast list that you just you look back on it and you just can't believe it now where you get names like amy adams and jennifer garner christopher walken all these people are spending very little time on screen comparatively to the length of the movie um and it's just the cast list is incredible another i mean you got elizabeth banks in this movie too like they're just not in this movie very much the score from john williams is very uh, different than anything else John Williams ever does. And it's a song. Oscar nominated. And it's a, it's the music you hear, you think of the movie right away. Um, but yeah. overall, like I just watching the desperate 17 year old kid impersonate his substitute teacher from the beginning, that scene always <laughs> makes me laugh when his dad is so proud of him. Yeah. Um, all the way up through finding a bathtub full of Pan Am airplanes because he's counterfeiting so many payroll checks um and all the just the way they chase him and learning about the banking industry and the routing numbers and all that kind of stuff it all sounds so boring when i say it and spielberg brought that story to life i absolutely love watching that story play out if you have not seen catch me if you can um it just it's it's incredible yeah i like you said um speaking of john williams like the starting off with that animation intro and his score you just knew this was going to be a different kind of movie and his score was nominated for an Oscar and rightfully so. Um, I, I'm going to give some nerd fun facts. Um, this was a double feature year for Leonardo DiCaprio and Steven Spielberg. Do you know what other movie for Leonardo came out that same month? I don't. Gangs of New York. Yeah. Really? Same month. Yeah. Same wow. month. Um, was a good and then, year. Yeah. And then that was a double feature year for Mr. Steven Spielberg. He did Catch Me If You Can. But what movie did he release earlier that year that he directed? Any guesses? Uh, I got nothing. Minority Report. That was the same year, too. That's right. Yeah. And Tom Cruise. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. So they both had really, really good years. Um, but yeah, catch me if you can. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio just carries that movie and I just love his performance so much. Tom Hanks and Christopher Walken in the supporting roles, Christopher Walken as his dad. Uh, there's, he just pulls at your heartstrings in a couple of scenes and it just melts you. Um, from this I didn't movie, even we, mention Martin Sheen in our list yeah. of actors. We're talking so much in Martin Sheen. I, I forgot about him. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, we got um, a gift from this movie, the Concur. Do you concur? 
Doctor, do you oh. concur? Oh, oh, I should have concurred. I <laughs> <laughs> what a good scene. Um, fun fact: there is a musical, Broadway musical, based on this movie. Um, it, it it's okay. Um, the soundtrack is entertaining if you like to listen to Broadway musicals. Um, it's all right. Definitely prefer the movie more. Um, yeah, and Tom Hanks, just the scene when he shows up um, at the printing facility and catches Frank printing all those in France and all the checks go flying everywhere and Frank's just so happy to see him because he always finds him on Christmas and just the way <laughs> Tom Hanks almost takes pity on him um, after yeah. making fun of him earlier in the movie for, for not having anybody to call on Christmas, which is like a, just from a storytelling standpoint. And side note, this movie is what introduced me to Eclairs. I had never really heard of Eclairs before, but he really wants to eat Carl's Eclair. And uh, I'm going to say I'm not a big fan of Eclairs, honestly. Yeah, me either. So, and then also it's based on a book. I have read it. So if you get a chance, want to check it out. You can, there's the definitely differences. Written, was written by Frank Ag- Abagnale, correct? Yeah, there's, there are definitely some differences, but I think both complement each other very well. So... Anything else to catch on Catch Me If You Can before we move on? Last thing I want to mention is the the story of keep churning until you turn that cream into butter. Um, that's a, a good uh, story about turning persistence into success. And that's something that, that Frank always talks about. And they, they reference that story in the movie a couple of times. But that's a, that's a fun little story that they call back into a couple of times in that movie. Yeah, that's... Definitely a, a good little motto. All right. So that was a good spotlight. Now, mine. I'm not going to say the name just yet. I'm going to read you the cast and then some of the production team. So the film that I'm going to be talking about is starring James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. You also have Andy Serkis from Lord of the Rings and Black Panther. You have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost from Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Jamie Bell is the title character. He's from Billy Elliot and the Peter Jackson King Kong. You also have Toby Jones in it. He's from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Captain America, the First Avenger. The film, produced by Peter Jackson and Steven Spielberg. Music, Oscar-nominated, of course, from John Williams. The... Movie is written by Stephen Moffat. Doctor Who and Sherlock fans should recognize that. It's also written by Edgar Wright from Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim. And the last writer is Joe Cornish from Attack the Block and Ant-Man. The film, of course, directed by Steven Spielberg. It was Golden Globe winning for Best Animated Feature. BAFTA nominated not Oscar nominated because they have horrible rules about animated films. That's right. I'm talking about the animated hit, the adventures of Tintin. So if you are interested in the animation style, motion capture from polar express, Beowulf Christmas Carol, this film improves on it greatly. I can't say that enough. I just watched it yesterday and the animation holds up and it's it's honestly beautiful i remember seeing it in theaters it was in 3d and um just a beautiful film brian have you seen this one 
I just watched it for the first time this last week. Uh, and the motion capture, it takes, it took me a couple minutes to get used to it. Um, but from that animation style, uh, just the way they blended that motion capture animation with the real world yet not real world um, look of all the scenes and all that kind of stuff around. I know this is based off of a, I believe it's a Belgian comic book. If that's, if I'm remembering that correctly. And, and I did see an article that uh, just compared the scenes from the movie um, to the scenes in the comic books. And they just really made that yeah. Belgian comic book kind of come to life. It was pretty incredible from an animation standpoint. And I hope I don't um, just horribly mangle the author's name. Herge, I think is the comic book and book series author. Like, Check it He's out probably listening, so you got to get that right. I know. Well, and then um, speaking of the animation from the books, they even do a little like shout out to it when Tintin's getting his portrait done in the beginning of the movie, and they do a um, Tintin portrait in the same style as the comic book. So I thought that was a great little shout out to it. Um, if the amazing cast that I read doesn't impress you, I'm going to ask what's wrong with you, but if you're looking for vintage action adventure Spielberg, like you wanted something from when he did Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, check this movie out. I can't say that enough. There's like an airplane scene that will just go back to that. There's a scene where Tintin is traveling through a um, village city and it's just so action packed. And the dialogue is great. The characters are all amazing. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as the detectives. I love them as the comic Thompson release. Thompson and film. Thompson. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Um, it's based on three different um, Tintin stories to make up this one movie. But um, And once again, shame on you. If the Academy is listening for not even nominating this film because of your just horrible rules on it, shame on you. This is an animated movie. Um, I'm, I'm still fired up about it, but it's, it's been 10 years, Mark. I think we can breathe a little bit, Never. <laughs> but yeah, if you get a chance, check out this movie, especially if you can watch it on the highest definition that you have, um, Blu-ray, whatever it is that you have, check it out. Beautiful animation and still looks beautiful. Um, I'm just going to keep is, saying beautiful. It is streaming on, it is streaming on Amazon prime. If you do want to check it out. And you have Yay. Amazon Prime, you can check it out on there. So, And if you liked the uh, animated intro to um, Catch Me If You Can, which was beautiful, they also do something like that for this film, where it, it takes you right into the comics. And with John Williams' Oscar-nominated Oscar score, how could you go wrong? Just love that movie so much. All right. Brian, and anything it's else? Cute, it's got a cute dog as well. That'll, Snowy. that'll bring anybody in. Snowy the uh, dog uh, gets a lot of kids' attention as well. So it's a uh, my kids enjoyed it too. My kids really, really liked it. There's a lot yeah. of a uh, lot of good stuff in there and it keeps it keeps kids' attention. It's a good family film. Really good stuff. It was I really enjoyed it. You know what? That's yeah, I think it's it has something for each age group, definitely. Well, now we are going to go to a second star to the right and then straight on to morning to find the spotlight for our next film. Hook. Hook. Show us the hook. Bangarang, Brian. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about this Robin Williams team up with Steven Spielberg. 
Oh, there you are, Peter. I, I'm glad we're getting to talk about this movie. I, it got, it got killed by critics when it first came out and people talk about it being a box office flop. It's a profitable movie. There's no two ways about it. It it didn't make the money that I think people thought Robin Williams and Spielberg would make. Um, But this movie's going on its 30th anniversary next year. I grew up on this movie. You grew up on this movie. We all, a lot of people really, really love this movie. Um, And it's part of the reason why Robin Williams has such a, such a, a fond memory of so many people, especially within our age group. Yeah. I, I, I think this movie might have been the, one of the first movies I can remember seeing in theaters. I just loved it so much. Um, how much did I love it? That Halloween, I went as Robin Williams, Peter Pan. I don't think there's any photos out there luckily, but yeah, I just loved the movie so much. I had to go to it or go as Halloween as Peter Pan from this movie. There's still so much from this this movie that holds up. I was um, in rewatching, uh, getting ready to discuss it with this with this podcast. I that scene when they return from the theater and they go in and Hook has kind of raided the place. Oh. And Spielberg Spielberg does this perfect one shot of going from character to character. And if you don't know what a one shot is, it's not cutting from uh, clip to clip in the movie. It just moves the camera from character to character. And the way that that film scene goes, it goes from uh, Peter to his kids back to Peter. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, and then big shout out to Maggie Smith in this movie, by the way, uh, Professor McGonagall herself looking, <laughs> that makeup was just incredible. But that Brian, one shot Brian, scene, Brian, it's, she I'm is sorry. Dame Maggie Smith. I apologize. She I is am, royalty. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, but that that one shot scene really stood out to me here from a Spielberg uh, specific uh, kind of look. That was just an incredible cinematography wise, or I, yeah. I don't even know if cinematography is the right word, but that that scene, that one shot, is really incredible movie making. And like going with that, I he does a lot of long tracking shots that in the movie. One of them is Smee when he gets the hook, and you just see him walking through the pirate cove. It's another long mm-hmm. shot. And then just Bob Haskins as Smee from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit fame. Just, oh, I loved him as Smee. <laughs> so, and then and he then, shows up sweeping at the end of that. I can never figure that out. He shows up sweeping the street at the end of the movie. So did he. I can never really quite figure out what Spielberg meant there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a fun little interpretation. I mean, um, whatever we Dustin Hoffman. I mean, Dustin Hoffman's the pilot on the plane they're flying on when they, they pilot does his little announcement. So you just maybe it's fun little add ons. Um, I got to give a shout out to poster artist Drew Struzan. I love his artwork. He did a lot of Star Wars, the special edition posters. If you love those, he did the poster for this movie. I can't tell you how much like check him out. Look him up on his website, Instagram. He even has like art exhibits, just a brilliant film poster. Um, if you're a fan of like the earlier Muppet posters, he even did those. So Drew Struzan, check him out. Um, going back to Hook, I I know Robin Williams wasn't the first choice, but I'm glad he is. He became Peter Pan. Um, Spielberg definitely afterwards 
thanks his lucky stars to the right for getting Robin to do that movie. So just, he just brought so much to it. Yeah. He, he, he walks the line when he's going crazy and, and, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the exact line he talks about with Tinkerbell, but I think he, he calls her fireflies from hell, I believe is, <laughs> is something like that. And he walks the line right there of having a panic attack and comedy. And yeah. no one has ever done it better than Robin Williams because that, that scene, that entire little first bit of the movie is super suspenseful. Yeah. And But just kind of walking that line between comedy and drama, nobody, in my opinion, has ever done it better. Um, just than Robin Williams. I mean, you see it in the beginning where he's kind of the alcoholic dad and him and his wife, after he's done yelling at the kids, him and his wife have a fight. You just, it's a, it's a really well acted scene. And then in the same movie, you have him with body paint on getting slingshot, trying to fly. Like the, <laughs> the guy can just, he can do it all. Robin Williams, you are still missed. And, ugh, you, that is one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Um, one of the one of my favorite scenes from that movie is when he goes back into his childhood home and he and he finally gets to fly. He comes out of the house in his Peter Pan costume and he arches his body over the sun. That's <laughs> just one of the most incredible. Just some of the shots in that movie. Some of the yeah. sets look like movie sets. They really do. Um, yeah. But some of the other stuff in that movie is just there's. I look back on this movie with as much fondness as I do anything from my childhood. I love this movie. Yeah. And I mean, fun little cameo from the likes of Phil Collins as the police detective and um, Glenn Close as the pirate getting put into the, the boom box just on the pirate ship. Just two very fun cameos in that movie. And if you're wondering why you can hear the music in your head, yeah, because John Williams did that one too. So, uh, If you need two tracks to check out from that movie, Flight to Neverland and Smee's Theme. Those two tracks there will make you go, I need to listen to this whole thing. Was he nominated for it? Sadly, no. But he was nominated that year for another film, JFK. So at least he was nominated. The song from the movie was nominated. So he was nominated for something from the movie. So, but, God, yeah, and I want to I want to just call out Rufio and the Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 no more uh, fun scene than that when they're insulting each other and then it turns into the imaginary food fight. That food oh. fight, if it didn't make you hungry, you need to make sure you check your stomach because something doesn't seem right. Yeah. And then am I the only one who still finds it hilarious when they knock on the door in London and Toodles open it? opens it and goes, it's snowing and then slams the door and the kid jumps <laughs> on the gum. I laughed so hard at that scene. Time to look our best. Remember, dears, first impressions are the most important. She's tired, she's tucked. Remember, you're in England, land of good manners. Uncle Toodles. It's snowing! Every he lost time. his marbles. You got to be nicer to him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Hook, I'm. I think people need to go back, revisit that movie, and just just remember why that movie is just so much fun, and just why Robin Williams is great. Yeah, I don't know, Brian. You got anything else before we 
sail on till tomorrow? Don't get mad at us. We will get back to Spielberg, we know, at, at some <laughs> point. Like I said, Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones, we understand how incredible yeah. those movies are. Uh, but we wanted to we wanted to talk about uh, these movies as well, just because Spielberg, just what he's been able to accomplish from a range standpoint and just the um, the number of actors he's worked with and the amount of, of just Hollywood industry knowledge the man has, there's no smarter man in filmmaking that exists in anywhere in Hollywood. Um, yeah. He's just a genius. And there's a reason everybody wants to pick his brain and why he has so many executive producer credits too. So he's yeah. incredible. He, he is my celebrity idol. I read his biography, seen all of his movies, my room, a good section of it looks like the, if you've ever seen Dawson's Creek, how he had the Spielberg posters on the wall for the longest time. I've had Spielberg posters on the wall um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting him once. So just thank you, Mr. Spielberg, for all the work you do. And we hope you're listening to the us. Lead, burying the lead. You've met the guy? Well, I was at work. Um, I was um, working at an attraction and I was focusing on my monitor. And in comes a couple people. They were showing off the ride. And somebody put their hand on my shoulder. They're like, hey, how's it going? Um, I see you, nothing really good on the TV, making a joke about how I was watching some like ride monitors and then it came to a stop and I said, Oh yeah, you know, nothing, uh, too exciting. It's not like, <laughs> and then I looked up and I saw it was him and I had like, in reality, it was probably a two minute chat, but of course for me, it felt like five minutes and hopefully he didn't notice my hand just trembling, um, but just the, sweating. I, I love this one quote from him. And it's kind of how whenever I'm um, leading something, it's kind of how I like to lead. It's um, somebody said about him as a director. They said he's a giant that doesn't make you feel small. And he was just he's one the of the BFG. nicest. <laughs> oh, another underrated flick. Um but yeah, he's just just a kind soul. Um, if you want to learn more or watch more about the man himself and you have HBO, check out the documentary entitled Spielberg. Great interviews. He's involved in it. So good stuff there. There's no better time to catch that documentary, Mark, than HBO Max. It launches tomorrow, so you can get a, oh. a free trial or something out there. But there's there's going to be a lot of stuff on HBO Max, including that documentary. Nice little shout out to HBO. Well, that concludes another episode of United We Fan, the podcast. Thank you all for uniting with us. And we hope you have a greater appreciation for filmmaker Steven Spielberg. If you loved this episode topic, let us know. We will gladly revisit the world of Spielberg. We, we really would love to revisit that world. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show or stay up to date on everything UWF. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at United We Fan the Podcast, and definitely hook look us up on there. And then you can also send us an email um, to United We Fan Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, our uh, Instagram grew a little bit after our first episode on Instagram. We're up to twenty. It's a start. It's hey, if we're we going can to... double, if we can double our Instagram followers with every episode, Mark, yeah. we'll uh, we'll be up there in no time. Yep. So to all 20 of those followers, um, thank you all so much. 
Yeah, tell your friends. It is appreciated. Once again, thank you, CKCC Radio, for hosting us. We appreciate you so much. Please check out some of the many podcasts available through them on Podbeam, Spotify, and Apple. Rate and review if you have the chance. We appreciate any ratings. On our next episode of United We Fan, the podcast, we will discuss our favorite comedy TV show characters. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm excited. Brian, uh, I, I think you and I are going to have some fun ones to talk about on that one. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, we hope you assemble with us for that episode. And till we unite again, fans, farewell and thank you so much for tuning in. I've lost my marbles. <laughs>